Welcome to The Press Office with Kate and Co-PR, the podcast that gives you an exclusive and unfiltered look behind the scenes of the Australian media landscape and public relations industry. I'm your host, Marissa Jane, a publicist here at Kate & Co PR. And if you are dreaming of a career in public relations, are an aspiring journalist, or simply just obsessed with all things digital and traditional media, then this is the podcast for you. Thank you for tuning back into the press office with Kate & Co PR. We are so thrilled to be back in action with a few more episodes before the close of the year. And today I am really excited because I am chatting to Emma Vosti, who is a Melbourne-based television presenter, journalist, and producer, and now also the founder of content creation agency One Stop. It was really interesting chatting to Emma on how the media landscape has evolved over the years, how she carved a career out as a reporter from her initial start in public relations, how she best works with PRs, and we also touch on all things spring racing which has just been and gone. Please note this was recorded during the most recent lockdown here in Melbourne, so we do refer to that from time to time. And as always, if you do love the episode, please subscribe and share via Instagram. Now, let's get on to the interview. Hello, Emma, and thank you so much for joining me today on the Press Office with Kate & Co PR. It is such a pleasure to catch up with you again. And firstly, how are you going at the moment? We're stuck in lockdown, as always, here in Melbourne. I'm going really well. I know um, times have changed, haven't they? I think, you know, a PR agency having a podcast is a sign of the times because communications changed over the years and here we are everything's being done by zoom podcasts are life while you're stuck in lockdown (laughs) Um, we've been working on self-development for like two years now but hey we're still here we're very lucky yeah lockdown life I'm doing good though I'm doing really good that's good to hear and now for all of those listening along do you mind introducing yourself what you do and how you got to where you are today Yeah, sure. So I actually started, I studied public relations and journalism at uni. um, And I now I work in television predominantly and do a lot of, as everyone does now, social media content, um, journalism, uh, TV presenting and producing. Um, But I, yeah, I started after studying, I started an internship at Channel 9, went on to work uh, there in in the PR team. And then Worked at 10 as a publicity assistant, became a publicist and then went freelance working for a bunch of different agencies and then found myself in the producing space, radio, TV, digital content and then ended up as a sport producer uh, with Seven. Uh, I think it was my first gig for them was the Australian Open. I was Rachel Finch's producer for a long time and then just ended up in 2018 being in front of camera when someone pulled out from a gig at the at the Paralympics over in Rio, I'd been over there producing Joe Griggs, which was a dream job in itself because she's an absolute icon in Australian television, um, let alone just a phenomenal human. Uh, and then, yeah, ended up on air. So it's been a wild ride over the last 10, 11 years. But, yeah, it's, it's a great one. And I can I understand, I think, the full scope of our industry having been behind the camera in front of the camera, from an agency, from a PR standpoint, I just, 
I feel like I get it from every single stakeholder. So it's definitely served me well having all that experience. That is such an interesting story into how you got into journalism. Obviously, you studied it um, alongside public relations at university. Was journalism something that you always wanted to get into or was it public relations first and foremost? Yeah, to be honest, I grew up in the country, so I didn't really know how to go about getting a job, to be honest. I didn't really know what it looked like. So for me, I remember actually, I've known Lauren Phillips since I was in high school and she told me, oh, public relations is so fun that you get to come along to the races with us. (laughs) She was on air for Channel 9 at the time. You get to come along to the races with us. You'll love it. I was, I think, in year 10, year 11. And, you know, she was telling me all these great things and she was my, my insight into this industry. And I'd always loved sport. I've got a long, my family's very involved in sport um, and broadcast, especially for Olympics. My grandfather did a lot of that in overseas. So I always knew I wanted to be in big events, sport, something like that. I love telling stories and I loved all that. I just didn't know what it looked like. So for me, it was like a foot in the door any which way and wherever that led to was a bonus. I never really said, I want to do this. I just wanted to work on great, great things. And it's all just kind of snowballed from there. I think that's such an interesting story because everyone doesn't know how to get started, whether it's in public relations or journalism, but you are seeing it more and more so that like even journalists now are becoming public relations experts because they know how to pitch to the right mediums and how to write in a way that the journalist wants to receive. So it is really kind of this interlapping like relationship per se. Totally. And vice versa, you know, Paul Dowsley is one of the a really successful reporter at Channel 7. A lot of people wouldn't know. He was a publicist at Channel 10 for many years years in Sydney and it goes hand in hand and a lot of young people that ask me how did you land that job and we're in a in a time and generationally I want this and I want it now and it doesn't work like that Mm. I hate to burst the bubble but it just does not work like that relationships and time on the track that's what pays dividends in the long run and I just think it's something that you build up over time and things will just open up Our industry is not advertised on seek.com. Our industry is very relational and it's very, it's just doors open and the right people, if you continue to do a good job, will recommend you for things that you probably didn't even know that you had the skill sets to do. But because if you apply yourself to every single element of of what you do, so being able to write, being able to liaise with people, uh, being able to present yourself well, being able to think outside the box, being strategic, all of those things can play into so many different roles within our industry. And that's why you'll see people moving from, I don't know which side of the dark side anymore, but from side to side, you know, because a lot of journalists end up being spokespeople for for companies and because they just know how it works and they have longstanding relationships. And it's just not the case anymore where if you want to be on TV, you just stroll in and it's a glamorous job. People don't write stuff for you, you know. I'm not spending five hours live on air for, for the Paralympics. It was... 12, 14 days straight, getting my scripts handed to me. I'm researching every single bit. I'm telling those stories. I'm speaking. I'm filling. You can't just be able to do that overnight. That's been 10 years of experience for me to be able to do that. 
And so you have to know how to write and you have to know how to remember things and how to feel out things. So yeah, I just think it's just not the case of, I want to do that. And you know, you get your piece of paper from uni and all of a sudden you're qualified for this job. It just doesn't work like that in our industry, which I think is great because if you want a long-standing career, you have it based on really great characteristics that, that you learn from people. So that's a long-winded answer. <laughs> no, I think that's great advice though, because you are right. Um, like the younger generation, which I am a part of, you know, it is, we want this and we want it now. And like, how do we get it now? But it, that's not the truth, you know? And it is always built on, I guess, relationship building, which you touched on. What would you say is the way to build great relationships with people in your industry or the industry that you want to move into? Yeah, well, I think what we're seeing now is a real shift and I've noticed it where I think us, I'm not even, um, you know, I'm still young, (laughs) my 30s, but we're all having to upskill in different areas now, especially with the shift to digital space. So I think we actually are relying on, there's a real transgenerational teamwork that we're seeing happen, I think within businesses that are operating really, really well. So I think you need to be super aware of what your strengths are and you need to be able to sell those strengths to your potential um, employers or um, those people that you work with. So, you know, when you need to be across all the social media channels, you need to be able to edit great content. You need to be able to shoot great content. You need to be able to do so many more things than just write a nice press release. You need to be able to communicate in so many different ways. And those of us who have been in the industry, you know, for 10 years plus, 20 years, some of some of the people that I work, they're having to go back and either learn those skills or find young people that are like, so get it and so finger on the pulse because it's moving it used to move fast 24 hours now it's moving hourly like it's way faster Mm. so I think really needing to upskill is one thing then selling your skills um and bring something new to the industry and of course relationships but I think yeah it's an interesting one because we used to like pitch stories and you'd have a lot of time and you'd be able to come with a long pitch like newspapers have cut stuff is newspapers where people are getting their content anymore I don't believe so might offend a few people with that so educating brands and and companies that you work for if you're in the agency space on where eyeballs are and then selling stories that are relevant to those platforms like I think we just need to think smarter and as a young person just being across all of that stuff. It comes naturally, I feel like, to the younger generation of being able to consume so much in a short amount of time. So again, I just think it's just knowing a lot, being across everything. And it's just not something you you can teach anymore. I just think you just, if if you love all that, whatever um, genre you want to work in, whether it's food, entertainment, fashion, pop culture, all of that different stuff, politics, environmental, whatever, if you just know where that audience is, like even agencies I find now, they have specialists and you guys probably have Mm. that at Kate & Co. You have specialists for each genre and you know every single person and where every single person that consumes that type of genre, where they get it from. Like I just think that type of stuff is so invaluable. Yeah, and you're exactly right. And 
the media landscape definitely has changed. You know, 10 years ago, it was all about the newspaper, the print coverage, and that's changed so dramatically with the rise of social media. Have you seen any, I guess, other direct impacts on the media landscape since old mate COVID-19 came along? Definitely. I think I, was, I remember I was working on AFLW um, 2020 March and I'd just finished a game and Abby Holmes and I joked that like by the time we got home, would we be like in lockdown? And it was on, like literally that was it shut down and I'd always banked on live sport being such a firm industry that we would never go without work and it just Mm. shattered everything and so it definitely cemented for me the love of my job um, being on site doing that type of stuff but I think for us as a network um, speaking for seven obviously seven plus is now it's just in everyone's hands I think I was saying the other day there's about 10 million users on seven plus and it's just the landscape again has changed and the platform has changed so we're doing a lot we're doing things a lot differently but I think there's always a space for you know tv and live sport because people can consume them when they want to now, thanks to 7 Plus and platforms like that. So, yeah, it definitely has changed for me just the ability to travel. You know, I used to spend so much time travelling, you know, for test matches for cricket or for Olympics or for horse racing. We'd be in New South Wales, you know, working with the ATC or we'd be up in Queensland working on Magic Millions or we'd be here um, working across the Spring Carnival. And now it's just like, okay, we, we just have to make our same great content, but just from where we are. So it's definitely impacted a lot of things, but, you know, we still can tell great stories. The, the sport's still there and that's really all that matters. Yeah, exactly that. And most recently, you did take part in the Paralympic reporting team. What was that like reporting from afar and not actually getting to be there? Yeah, that was a hard one for me, FOMO, I would say, because, (laughs) you know, nothing beats an Olympics or a Paralympics. Just it's it's a goal and a dream of anyone um, to work on an event like that and having done one before I just knew how amazing Tokyo was going to be I had been there on a couple of trips um, with my Toyota family so I'm lucky enough to be an ambassador for them and they were so ready it was going to be so good but it still was like to see the response from our audience and to be honest I think we got to know our athletes more because of all the circumstances than we ever would have had the ability to have an if things sorry would have been as normal we just felt so much more there was vulnerability from the athletes they missed their families it was just we were all on the same page I just felt like as a country we were so united watching everyone was so behind our athletes the Paralympics it was our biggest ever coverage so it was a real thrill to be a part of for me being able to host um the mornings for our Paralympic coverage was such a career highlight and one that I wouldn't be have been able to do have I had gone there as a reporter. So everything happens for a reason. It's very cliche, but I was so, so ecstatic to be a part of that coverage. I think you're exactly right, especially in Melbourne when it was airing. I think we were in a lockdown as we always are, but everyone was just so attached to the TV and you were watching all these sports that you didn't even know existed and it became your new favourite thing. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. 
Exactly. It was so good. I just loved it. And then I do have to ask you another sport related question. And this one's a little bit of a selfish one. So we work on a lot of spring racing and horse racing here at Caden Copia, obviously the lifestyle side. And we'd love to know your thoughts. What do you think the racing industry needs to do to get younger and newer eyeballs to the races? Yeah, it's an interesting question. I think all the racing clubs do such a great job with their memberships and they're always putting on great events, especially for their young members. Um, so I think it's just, yeah, it's a great one, I think, and it's, it presents so many new challenges given people not on track I think when you can be on track as a race goer you could not be into racing at all and you could not even see a race but the racing clubs do such an amazing job at putting on just a beautiful atmosphere that you know anyone could enjoy if they're there with a group a group of friends because they can have a nice drink they cannot drink they can have some great food um, from you know what Melbourne and Sydney are so renowned for is all this great food and there's atmosphere and you can get dressed up, which we all love to do. And usually it's great weather. So tick, 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 you know, it's just amazing. It doesn't even matter if you're into horse racing or not, there's something for you there. And so it's a real challenge, I think now to get that market of non-race people who aren't exactly into races, they're not, but they enjoy the atmosphere of a race day to then engage with say a race day that's not on track but I think yeah it's that's a you pose a great question what what can they do oh gosh need some time to think about that one but in terms (laughs) of well you they can if, if we open up and punters can be on track then everybody wins because people get to enjoy great racing you know I've been around the horse industry since I was really young and it's not always glitz and glamour. Like there's people trying to put food on the table and their horses will eat before they will. And, you know, there are so many incredible stories within racing and so many amazing people. And so, you know, the horses are always the stars and they're treated like so. So I don't know. Oh, I can't wait to be back on track. Making me, making me sad. <laughs> I know, I know. I feel like it's not too far away. Hopefully, I, yeah, fingers crossed. And you, you've already touched on it a little bit, but do you have any specific career highlights? <sighs> I think definitely. Obviously, I think I mentioned Olympics for sure. Um, is a massive one for me. Um, going to my first games and then obviously hosting the Paralympics. Nothing, nothing can beat that for sure. And you have also you are you are a journalist, but you have also started your own agency, One Stop Agency. Do you mind explaining what exactly One Stop is and why content creation is so important in your imp- opinion in this day and age? Yeah, sure. So that kind of was just birthed out of um, a girlfriend and I. We're both mums now. Um, we just both we both have had come from. I was a producer, and she um, was in comms for a long time. And she's so clever in terms of visualizing something and knowing the right people. Um, and we just we just noticed a real gap in terms of brands or agencies wanting something but not knowing which creatives to go out to. And then it's just communicating with creatives is a whole different world. Photographers, videographers, 
just knowing all those little tedious things that go into what you see either on social media or on a brand's website or those types of video pieces or anything like that, that there's just so many little things that are natural to us, but not natural to other people and could be a lot of back and forth and a lot of admin. Creatives don't like that. Brands don't know how to articulate what it is they want. We just felt like we could um, be kind of that one-stop shop. If people had a, a need, we could offer so many solutions using, you know, our little black book of all these amazing creative people that just want to do what they love and not worry about all the other stuff. And so, yeah, we just started doing that from everything from social media management to um, producing shoots. And then we manage all the edits and we've worked with some great brands. Um, Kaya from One Day Bridal is a huge supporter of ours and we've been able to bring to life um, some great content for her and and we're hoping to, to keep going with it. It's just been a little passion project that we're just slowly seeing grow. And, um, yeah, we're making some really great content. So it's fun. It's the start of something new. And I think for us and everyone right now, flexibility um, is really important. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, for me, obviously, outside of TV, I don't work in that 24-7 all the time. There's There's breaks and... It's nice to just have a few little things going on. Yeah, exactly. And like you said, in this day and age, it's just important to have that flexibility and be able to, I guess, create some amazing content for your consumers that everyone's looking for it at the moment. Oh, massively. And video is just so important now. Like it's what gets the most engagement on social media, you know, right now it's real. And so just being constantly on top of all of that stuff and being able to turn around great video content really quick. Yeah, it's really fun. And from there, how important is your own personal social media platform for your career and your personal brand? And what would you say to any, I guess, aspiring journalists for using their social media platforms? Yeah, it's a funny one, isn't it? Because that's kind of just evolved, I think, naturally when you're working on um, lots of big events that are on TV, you you post about it and then people want to know what you're wearing or all those types of things. And it's a way that we can um, thank in a way, a lot of the people that work behind the scenes, like you guys, you know, dressing us all the time for all these things. No, we don't get to keep all these outfits. Um, but it's kind of just a nice way of, of us showing what it is we do behind the scenes and people love to see it. And that's kind of just built from there, especially when I'm working on racing, like, everyone wants to see the outfit photo and they want to know who you're wearing. And and it's a great way to support often. They're all Australian brands and things like that. And it's great to support them and and to show that. And then it's kind of naturally just evolved from that. I try to keep it as real as possible, not too curated and not too perfect because that's just not really me. And I don't have the time or energy to do that. (laughs) I spend too much time doing that for, for work. So like to have another platform of my own on social media is is just like oh you just you get to a point where you're like no I can't be bothered it's not my number one job I um tv is what I'll always put all of my energy into when I'm working so it's just kind of great to have that as a way to show people what I'm doing it's so funny my husband doesn't have any form of social media 
but he has my Instagram on his phone so that when I'm at work, he can see what I'm doing. <laughs> so we all like go on my Instagram and look at my story so he could just see, oh, that's what she's doing today or she's at this or she's doing that. <laughs> and then he just knows what I'm up to because he likes to see it um, on my story. So it's very funny. Then he'll know, oh, yeah, I saw your story. He's finally figured out how to check it. So it's very cute. That's so cute. Instagram must think that you're really into yourself, just stalking yourself all the time. But it's him. So funny. That's so cute. I do need to ask you a few really specific questions about PRs and how you best work with them. So do you have a preferred way to work with a publicist? Well, I just love phone calls. I just hate emails so much, to be honest. Like, I just hate them. Like, they just take up so much time and so much back and forth. I get it. Everyone wants a paper trail, but I just, oh, I don't know. I just find you can just get an answer so much quicker. Maybe it is because I'm a mum now and, like, having time to sit down and read an email or reply to like it's so much quicker just speaking on the phone voice memos are a thing yeah I don't know I think the phone but I get it stuff needs to be on on email I get it and do you have any PR pet hates um when people don't know my name like get my name right when they're pitching something or if you can just tell that a pitch hasn't really been thought of. So you have to know Mm. what your pitch is and why you're pitching it to that platform, not just a blanket email that you send far and wide. Like what have you actually watched, you know, our say races, have you actually watched our, our coverage? Do you know where your potential pitch might fit? And if so, why is it good? And you know, just that type of stuff. I don't know. Yeah, no, definitely. We like to learn from the pet hates. It's the (laughs) the best way to learn. And I have to ask, as a young publicist, what would you say is the best way for someone like me to be building relationships with journalists such as yourself? Yeah, it's a really hard one, especially now because we're not out and about and social. But I do think sometimes a phone call and I think I'm so guilty of this is I just jump straight to what I want. <laughs> like if I get on the phone with you, I'll just be like, okay, so this is what I need, like blah, 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 blah. And actually my husband and, and my best friendship are very good at this. They ask like, how are you going? And like actually ask a few personal questions first before you just jump straight into it. And it has to be genuine. I'm just so bad at it because yeah. I'm just such a straight up person. And I'm just like, right, this is what I need to get done. This is what I want. Yes, no. Like just tell me so I can move on and get the next thing done. But I think I, I need to learn from this as well is just to take a moment and I think now more than ever, it's actually really important to to build relationships by just having that chat with someone, you know, finding out a bit more about them because those little chats could get you real nuggets of gold so that when you do have a client that's perfect for that journalist, you know they have a special interest in that. So like, you know, we all know Jackie Epstein loves Collingwood Football Club and loves the football and, you know, we know Nui Takoa loves um, TV and all those types. We just know what space each of them play in. So I just think knowing a little bit about each each journal is really important. Yep, definitely. And I think that's even easier now with social media. Follow them on social media, learn what they like to do, and there you go. 
Maybe they're a vegan and you're pitching them like a, a steak dinner or something. You know, you just need to know. You definitely do. And we are almost nearing the end of the interview. So thank you so much for joining me. But before we finish, I end with five quick fire questions. Are you ready? Let's do it. Let's do it. Email or phone call? I already know the answer. <laughs> phone call. Coffee or wine? Ugh, well, I don't drink coffee, so it would have to be wine. Ooh, digital or traditional media? Oh, I would say digital. Instagram, Facebook or TikTok? Yes, I joined TikTok for all of like two minutes, just got frustrated. I was like, oh shit, I don't have time for this. Like it's so much work. (laughs) So I have so much admiration for people that give it a go, but I would have to say Instagram just because I feel old school saying Instagram, but it's just easier. TikTok's fun to watch, but I don't think I could be a TikToker. Right? Yeah. And lastly, press release, personalized pitch or both? I want a personalized pitch and then I want a press release attached so that when you come to either writing or speaking about something, you have all the information there. A bit of both. Yeah, great answer. I like that answer. Anyway, thank you so much for joining me, Emma. It has been a pleasure as always. Thanks, Marissa. You're doing a fabulous job. You could have a career in podcasting here. Radio is maybe calling. Oh, thank you. Thank you. That's so kind. (laughs) Thanks for having me. Thank you for listening to The Press Office with Kate & Co PR. Please subscribe, rate and review via your favourite podcast app and please give us a follow, like and share on Instagram at Kate Co PR.